Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, buddy. In case you don't know where we are, we're in a house with some microphones, and uh, we're going to say some shit. <laughs> that sounds like the fucking... What movie is that? That I'm just a guy standing in front of a girl. That Tom that, Hanks movie? God damn it, never mind. We do this all the fucking time. It, it very well could be. I don't know. We get sidetracked I'm, so fucking much in these. But, well, you know, that's what makes it sweet. Yeah, we're finally fucking back. Well, I mean, you've continuously done this. I took a little break, but I'm back now. It's called, I believe they call it a hyenas. Yes, it was a hyenas. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, dude, it feels weird coming back to this. Uh, well, it's it's because, you know, you didn't deep throat the mic first for luck. You know what? You're um, right. I, I did. My, my, uh, my good luck ritual. Yeah, I tried it, so uh, we'll see how this goes. Oh, you didn't try. You succeeded. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. Ha 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 ha. Oh, ho, ho. Well, how, how have you guys been? Talk to me. Let me know how you guys, if you missed me. Do you even miss me at all? You use your words or your keyboards or your uh, your thoughts. He, he has ESPN. Yes, on all channels. He can read minds. <laughs> Speaking of ESPN, what's our topic for today, my friend? Me boyo? Uh, if I remember right, you were saying it's something about uh, 49ers? Uh, no. No. Do <laughs> oh, you mean a murder? Yes, that too. Um, it is not about this movie, but it has to do with a topic of a great movie called The Exorcist. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, what is it? <laughs> Dirty Dancing. Ah, the one with Lou Ferrigno. No, no, it's Patrick Swayze. <laughs> yeah, they all look alike. Wow. <laughs> all muscular, handsome men look alike to you? I mean, I suppose. <laughs> uh, made it awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It happens. It's my specialty. Yeah, so uh, what movie are you talking about? The Exorcist. Yeah, boy. Well, technically, they're both based on... They have movies based on them. I True. believe the one you're doing is The Exorcist. The one I'm doing is The Exorcism of Emily Rose. So if you guys didn't figure it out by now, the letter of the day is exorcisms. That's the word of the day. So remember, when you're going to the store, ask your mom if you can get your exorcisms. Get, your, get yourself a nice 12-pack of exorcisms. Yes. Yeah, but uh, it was kind of hard to figure out this week's topic because we had to like scroll back through like all the sh- like all the fucking uh, episodes we did, and we're like, "Do we do this one?" Like, "Yep, we have an episode on that." Like, yeah. uh, do do we do possessions? Like, "Yep." Do we do Ouija boards? Like, "Yep." Yeah, it's uh, it's hard trying to remember what you've done, but. I know this we haven't really delved too deep into. Yeah. Needless plug. Go check out the, our previous episodes if you want to hear more on the subject of the paranormal, which we clearly cover. And I would, I want to honk my own horn. I say we do it fairly well. Uh, I would like to think so. I mean, we're still around, so that's a good sign. Yeah. It's been, what, four years for you and two for me? Yeah. Since, Damn. I think, like mid-2018. Yeah. I started, uh, I think, like, mid-2020. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. 
but we're still around. We're still kicking. We are. Yeah, I, I, I apologize for this episode. My research was done a little hastily, so if I'm missing any facts, I apologize. It's kind of weird coming back to do this first time without having to do like my usual prep, which is two days. And I write everything down on a, I jot it down on a notebook, which makes it easier for me to remember and like read it back. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, I just like quickly, I was like, let's fucking, let's throw an episode out. Like we haven't done it in a minute. And then I just kind of like researched like the last two hours of work. That's the way to do it. Yep. So if you're going to ask anything, you better half ass it. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, we had to take a quick break to move around. Yeah, I couldn't see him, and it was weird. I was just staring into this black box of an abyss. Yeah, we have the little boxes around the microphones to kind of, like, cut out, like, extra sound. Yeah. But the one downside of it is you can't see your co-host. No, no. <laughs> so that that's where uh, this this shift comes in handy. Yeah. So, yeah, today's episode's about exorcisms. Well, uh, since it's been a while, why don't you go ahead and start with your exorcism? My exorcisms. Yeah, this one was kind of, it's been covered before, like countless times. Yeah. But going back and like watching like videos of the exorcism, like pictures of how she looked like after the exorcism, uh, it's really fucking disturbing. Like I forgot how like draining doing the research for this is. Right, right. Especially when it's like, like murders I can handle. Like, oh, okay, somebody just went. But it's like more paranormal, like the spiritual side of something. Where it's like, oh, demonic priest or demons or ghosts or some shit like that. It always kind of it feels very taxing. Like it feels like it takes a bit out of you. It it definitely can, but yeah. paranormal is just the way to go. It is. So my case is on the exorcism of Annalise Mitchell. Bum bum bum. Yeah, so she was a German woman. Let me ask you a question real quick. When you're th- talking about exorcism, how many is too many? Um, I mean, I honestly don't think there is too many. Being is technically trying to save a person, just like okay. You know, but let if me you're ask having you this. to do how many uh, exorcisms would you be okay with being performed on you? I mean, as many as needed to get the demon out of me. I mean, I guess, but I would say. Maybe more than one exorcism is a little, like, dangerous. I would say at least five or six for me, and that's my (laughs) cap. Oh, so uh, Annalise went through 67 exorcisms. Yeah, that'll definitely take it out of you. Oh, yeah, no, it did. Spoilers. (laughs) Took the shit out of her. Um, So she was, I can't, she was young when this started. To right. say the least. I think she was like 16 when all of like this started happening. Yeah. So she was a German girl. I'm going to give you guys a cliff notes of from what I remember. <laughs> so uh, she started like she had a seizure. So that's kind of how everything started. And uh, her. So this all started when she was like 16, which is already a fairly young age to have to go through any of this shit. Yeah. Uh, so she started experiencing like seizures and shit. So her first one was clearly at 16. Uh, so basically they went to the doctor and what they had diagnosed her with originally uh, was psychosis caused by temporal lobe epilepsy. Uh, she was also with depression and later on she would be treated for schizophrenia. 
So they ended up give, medicating her by uh, by that age. So at 16, she was already being medicated for this stuff. Which, okay. I mean, I'll give them props, dude, for being the fucking, was it the 60s, 50s, 60s? Uh, they were really on top of that shit. Yeah. I mean, you got ghosts well, in your bones. But at the same time, that's the era... I believe they were still doing lobotomy. Oh yeah, for sure. That was like yeah, that. that was a huge thing. So we'll be back after a quick break. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, aka the drag queen, that girl Gina, and I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of the Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge ass couch while we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy and cunty with us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie, or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on the big... Oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On the big c***y couch. They were on top of shit, but was it in the right way? Because, I mean, they said psychosis, but we were just watching something right now that explained that technically, by itself, psychosis really isn't anything. Yeah, so hers wasn't just psychosis. It was right, psychosis, right. depression, uh, schizophrenia, and ep- epilepsies. So her mother claims that, like, at this point, uh, her daughter started saying she was hearing voices and seeing demonic faces. And uh, she started to become very, like, intolerant of, like, religious items. Like, yeah. uh, crucifixes, uh what they called well, the crosses yeah uh, any religious imagery so she would say like uh they tried taking her to like a holy temple like a holy site and she said she couldn't stand there because the ground was burning her feet and it was hurting her and she couldn't stare at like pictures of like jesus or saints because they were like glimmering really bright and they were like hurting her eyes and giving her headaches that's when and- you say show me satan yeah, and then at one point, uh, her mom claims that she had allegedly, I'm sorry, uh, she claims that, uh, she had woken up, like in the middle of the night, and she walked out because she heard, she heard noises, and when she went outside, it was her, her daughter staring at a statue of the Virgin Mary they had, and she was like, just staring at, like, growling at it, and that her eyes were all black. So, yeah, there was that. <laughs> uh, I mean, that would be terrifying. Yeah, so Annalise also claimed that uh, she would constantly smell uh, burning feces. And then later on in her her life, everybody else started claiming that they could smell it as well. Which is straight up demons. Yeah, yeah. So after, like, all this shit started happening, uh, she, the doctors didn't really know what it was. They scanned her brain. They did, like, the, what is it called, the CAT scans on her brain. And they noticed just minor, like little details in her brain that could be seen as abnormal, but nothing serious that should have caused any of this. Um, so what ended up happening was some versions of the story say that they had. So what ended up happening was they had gone to the doctor again for another checkup because things were only getting worse. Yeah. Uh, she had another epileptic seizure. So what ended up happening, they, the newer doctor that they had gone to, uh, took her off the seizure medication she was on before and put her on to a new one. 
which was supposed to also help with like the schizophrenia bit. Yeah. So what ended up happening at this point was things kept getting worse and worse and worse. So now at this point, she's like intolerant of any religious items. Uh, she's eating flies and spiders. She's refusing to eat actual food. Um, oh God. She would go to the point where she would like start hurting herself to supposedly atone for her, her sins or for the demon that's supposedly in her. Um, Jesus. Yeah. To the point where she would like whip herself so much that to the point that um, she would get so weak from like fucking hitting herself that people would have to help her up to like go use the restroom and shit. And things are getting progressively worse now. Like she's like I said, she's eating flies. She's eating spiders. She's licking her own urine off the ground. I mean, spiders is where I draw the no. But not the piss. Okay. (laughs) Okay. That's perfectly fine. Uh, (laughs) um, So some accounts say that when they went to the doctor, the doctors did a scan. Like I said, they didn't find anything, just some minor, minor abnormalities. Right, uh, right. So the doctor suggested going and f- talking to a priest about all this shit that's going on. So the um, mama called the doctor and the doctor said. No more Annalise's exercising on the bed? Yes. Oh, God. Uh, but some other accounts said that the family just went and found somebody. Right. Um, after they had called the priest, he did like. Uh, his kind of like investigation before he can actually issue the exorcism. And during this, you got to remember, she's not eating. She's very weak. Um, But she also said that like part of the possessions are like, I think there's three rules before they can actually proceed with the, uh, the exorcism, which would so, be, let's see if I remember this right. So one of the main ones is like completely like you can only see the white of their eyes. So like they still have vision, but you can only see the white of their eyes. Uh, The second one was they're supposed to have uh, abnormal strength. Like you got to remember, this is a fucking tiny girl with like hasn't been eating. So she's like already to this point getting malnourished. Right. But there's claims of her like she could toss her sister around like a rag doll. Uh she said that they said that uh, she had crushed an apple with just one hand, which I mean, have you ever tried that? I've never tried, but now I'm tempted to try. 20 bucks says you can't with one hand. I mean, I don't have 20 bucks, but I'll do our normal, our normal bet. Yes. A drink. Yes. I will get you an apple. But she said that she, with ease, just crushed it. And then uh, when they had to try to like hold her down to say the prayers, that it took uh, several men to like pin her down, so they can do this. And uh, sounds fairly a uh, superhuman esque. Yes, and the third one is that they show knowledge of something that they should not have knowledge of. So this plays into a little bit further on when they bring in the second priest. Um, it actually starts to like it gets super fucking creepy. Like I said, there's audio of all this shit, and I was listening to it uh, right before the podcast. Yeah. Just to kind of, like, get more in detail of what it is. And, you know, I hate doing that. Like, anything that has to do with, like, possession. Like, I hate having to actually investigate any of the proof of it. Right. Uh, But they had an audio recording of, like, where she's possessed and she's being, like, questioned by the priest. And... By, you were sitting right here on the couch when I told you this. 
as I was as soon as like it's like before the audio started, like right before the audio started, uh, subtitles were on my phone about what she was saying because she's speaking German. She's a little German girl. Yeah. And uh, the priest is like asking her a question right before she talked. My earphones gave out like they just fucking died. And I was like, what the fuck? So I tried like turning them back on and nothing. And I just let the video keep going. But I like when it was like right about to end like the video. Yeah. They're still questioning her a bit. They come back on. And I was like, there is no way in hell I'm going to go back and try to fucking listen to that. That's just but, a little bit creepy. Yeah. So the priest in the video is asking her, like, oh, are you alone or is there somebody else in there? What's your name? And she starts spouting out, like, random names. She's like, uh, Hitler's in here. Nero's in here. Uh, I don't remember who the other guy was. I'm sorry. I'm blanking. But it was just... Generally Net bad zero. people in history. Like they've seen like the worst, the worst. And we're the Adam third Sandberg. <laughs> no, <laughs> Andy Sandberg. No, uh, but where the third rule for the right of exorcism comes in was she had mentioned a priest from like the fucking 1820s. His name was like Francis Dumont or something like that. Yeah. But the thing is, she shouldn't have known about him. Like, it's not like a readily available information that uh, right. it was a priest that got ex- excommunicated from the church like a long time ago because he was doing not so good stuff. What was he doing? Uh, just general blasphemy. Just like bad stuff. He was fornicating. He was fucking uh, he was basically charging people for prayers. Um, I mean. You know, when money's tight, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, but I mean, if you're a priest, you're not really supposed to be doing that. True, uh, he was true. Fornicating. But uh, that was the whole thing was like she had like a bunch of information on him, which she should have had. Um, So they ended up going on with the rights for the exorcism. Uh, And like I said, one exorcism is already too much. I had to. I couldn't hold it anymore. So we can agree. One exorcism is a little too much, right? Yes. She went through 67. God damn. Yeah. So on the her, I don't want to spoil it, but on her last exorcism, like the last she died. day. No. On the last day, she, uh, they were praying for her and just doing all the general stuff like. Oh, like taking care of her and trying to feed her and shit. She was asking for forgiveness and then she was asking for like, uh, she's basically repentance. Yeah. And the next day when her family went to go check on her, she was dead. So this is where you hit the second half of the story. This is one of the only trials. Every. Uh, exorcisms to ever go on trial. So she officially, her cause of death was uh, dehydration and malnourishment. When she died, she only weighed 67 pounds. This was a 23 year old woman we're talking about. Well, the question is though, how is that the priest's fault when she couldn't or wouldn't eat? So basically what they're trying to say was, uh, the priests were supposed to report the malnourishment. Like, to the hospital, call a doctor, uh, anything like that. Yeah. But 
They didn't what happened was the priest did call a doctor. And the doctor said, <laughs> gotcha. I saw your face. I fucking no got you. No more getting exercised on the bed. I fucking got you there. <laughs> I so, was like, oh shit. All right. Well, let, let's hear it. It's getting juicy. So the doctor didn't go as a doctor. The doctor went as a religious spectator to see what the fuck was going on. Because they're saying like she had a bunch of lesions on her body that would kind of like cure themselves. And so when she died, one of the main signs of malnourishment are like lesions, like boils on the body. When they checked her body, nothing was nothing. They, not a fucking lesion, nothing, just a malnourished girl. So basically what they're trying to pin on them. Yeah. Is you know what your duty was. You saw that she wasn't healthy, but yet you didn't try to help her. Right. And they got two of the priests as, and along with the parents as well for this. Um, but they did try to feed her. She just wouldn't eat. Right. So it ended up going to court and they got the two priests got tried and they got tried for, was it unintentional homicide or something like that? Negligence yeah. or something like that. I don't remember quite. What it the could be was. negligence. It could be homicide because the person still did die. Um, yeah. So I don't quite remember what it was, but they ended up getting convicted and they got sentenced to six months in prison each, but that was commuted. Uh, and instead they got, three years of probation instead. So, well, I mean, of course, no one in the church is going to get touched. They're the ones doing the touching. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, Don't trust clergymen. Yeah. They just want to see what's under your pants. But after all this stuff, after all of this story, here's what I found really interesting. So the family had asked permission to exhume the body of Annalise because she was buried. They said she was buried quite hastily and they wanted to give her like a real coffin and a real funeral. Yeah. So when they dug up the body, it hadn't decomposed. I want to say this is maybe like eight to eight months to a year. So little to no sign of decomposition. So when they moved her and buried her, uh, it, her grave became kind of like a visitor's area. Like, uh, how do I, how can I put it? Like people thought it was some miracle type thing. Not a miracle. More as like people do pilgrimages to go visit this grave. So like people, they're like really interested in the story. They'll go and they'll find like a landmark. Like this is where she's buried. This is all that shit. And, uh, People still go to this day down to Germany just to go visit this grave. I wish they would exhume the body now to see what it looks like. Oh, yeah, for sure. Dude. It's, it's, uh, I'm guaranteed it's decomposed fully. So uh, what would you she do if died. it wasn't? I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> I don't know. I, I fucking find out. Could, I mean, could you imagine that? <laughs> uh, yeah, but. That was like the whole thing, dude. It was, uh, and like I said, her, they loosely based uh, her story on that uh, exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. I remember watching the movie and I was like, little, little, little. And I was like, this is fucking crazy, dude. But, um, yeah, that I, 
I don't know. Because at the same time, there was, like, a lot of, like, disease and, like, shit going around, like, mentally that they didn't quite understand. And after all this shit that she went through, it kind of begs the question, was she actually possessed? Or did they just not understand what was going on with her? Well, I mean, in some ways, yes, it could be they didn't know how to handle or what was going on, but the knowledge thing doesn't add up. The strength doesn't add up, especially if you're malnourished. You're not going to have that kind of strength to do anything. So it's really hard to say the hearing voices could be from the schizophrenia. Yeah, that's like a big thing, too. Um, I don't know, man. Because even, like, the later scans that they did of her brain, they thought, hey, maybe it could be a tumor that's causing all this shit. But, like I said, it was pristine. Nothing happened. Um, it, it's, I think it's hard to say for the time uh, of what actually, like, happened with her. Because, like I said, mental illness, even now, it's, like, not fully understood. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, I mean, I don't believe, though, there's any mental illness that can give you super strength or teach you languages that you've never even heard in your life. Things of that nature. Yeah. Hearing stuff, seeing stuff, believing things that aren't really a reality, that kind of stuff for sure. I mean, seizures, shit like that. That's the thing, dude. Like, the mind is a powerful tool. Like, the fucking stories like people that get hit over the head or they're in an accident and then all of a sudden they know how to play piano perfectly, but they've never played in their whole fucking life. What if this was just a case of that? Of like the fucking if she did have a tumor that they didn't find, it was somehow she fucking learned this knowledge of like all of like like the pope, like the fucking priest that was uh excommunicated. Um but another interesting thing is after this case the Pope kind of cut back on like the amount of exorcisms that he was allowing. Like, no, this you only is... get 25, <laughs> the limit's 65 and then it's done. But, uh, no, after this case, it's kind of, uh, they kind of tightened up on the fucking, the what's it called on all the shit. The amount going. done. Yeah. You um, can only exercise five times. And another thing is when they exhumed the body, the family wasn't allowed to see the body. Neither was any of the two priests that were in the exorcism. Why? I don't know. It just says that they weren't allowed to to view it. Another priest had viewed the body and he was the one. There was two of them. One of them said that the body was like not fucking like decomposing properly. That it was like. Yeah. It was fine. Like nothing had happened to it and that's crazy like they didn't let the family into the mortuary to see the fucking body like yeah that doesn't make any sense Yeah, this is their daughter why wouldn't you let them see the body and another one said oh no yeah it's perfectly aged for like the time like the period of time that we're in for the body so i don't Mm. know all around it's just a very weird case yeah that one sounds a little bit odd but if you are ballsy enough the audio recording, some of the audio recording you can find on YouTube and some of 37 of the fucking uh, recordings of the exorcisms 
were actually used in trial. If you send me the video you had with the actual audio, I can put it as a link in the the description. Oh fuck! So, I'll, I'll I'll see if I can find it for you because I was it was in a video I was watching. Yeah, no, just send that, and then they can kind of watch and hear that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but that's uh, that's my. I just remembered I have to drive home after this. I still have to stop at the gas station, pump gas, and then go home. Well, just uh, uh, go out of your way a little and go to QT. You'll be fine. Well, that's that's a ghost-free zone. Is it? <laughs> but the crackheads are there. I'd rather deal with the ghosts. Um, yeah, but that's fucking, that's what I got, man. That was that was my little exorcist tale. What do you have? So mine is about an exorcism in the late 1940s. That was on an anonymous boy that they just called him or gave him the pseudonym Roland Doe or Robbie Mannheim. And he was uh, 14 years old and they said that he was a victim, allegedly, of the demonic possession. And the events, you know, they ended up being recorded by the attending priest, which was Raymond J. Bishop. And then after all that event, or all those events happened, then they ended up, you know, making the Exorcist novel and all that kind of shit. Um, but, you know, this, this stuff started getting reported in mid 1949. And it was coming from the, the family's former pastor. So they're saying that a total of 48 people witnessed the exorcism. Nine of them were Jesuits. The fuck is a Jesuit? I have no idea. It's a form of priest. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, you know, they went through. They they dictated everything that happened. They went on to kind of explain his life and his living in Cottage City, Maryland. Um, he was an only child, so he depended on adults in his household to be playmates, which ended up being his aunt, now, his aunt was a spiritualist and actually introduced the kid to the Ouija board. Well, what the fuck? Yeah, why would you take a little kid and be like, oh, here, haha, <laughs> check this shit out? Well, I mean, if that's like his only like fucking playman, that's like his, that's like her best, I mean, his best friend is his fucking aunt. Yeah. Maybe she's like, well, if I anything happens to me, you can always contact me. Like, it's supposed to be like in a sweet way. Well, funny you mention that, because after the aunt died, the family started hearing strange noises, furniture moving of its own accord, and ordinary objects like vases or vase, whatever the hell you want to say. Call me crazy. I don't think that's the aunt. Right. Um, Just flying or levitating whenever the boy was nearby. Expelliarmus. And yeah. And they turned to a Lutheran pastor, um, Miles Schultz, for help. Yeah. Because they were wondering if it could be anything to do with parapsychology. And they actually arranged for the boy to spend a night in his home so he could be as observed. So, I mean, it's, it's a pretty, 
interesting thing because it does it never gave much after that. Yeah. Other that after he stayed and, you know, got the observation mm-hmm. is when he ended up going through all these exorcisms. It doesn't, that's the other thing too that I hated when I was, you know, looking at everything, trying to look at in depth at least what I saw. Yeah. It didn't say how many, but it did say that during the exorcism, he had slipped one of his hands out of the restraints, broke a bed spring from under the mattress, oh, and no. used it as a weapon. He slashed a priest's arm, uh, resulting in the ritual being halted. Yeah, I would punch a kid in the fucking forehead for that. Right. So not even like on purpose, just kind of like as a reflex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and then they traveled to St. Louis to deal with uh, a bishop at the university. And then the priests ended up visiting or the bishop and the priests, you know, ended up visiting the young man and his relatives in a relative's home. And apparently, like, as soon as they got there, shit started getting kind of weird. They observed a bed shaking, flying objects, and the boy speaking in a guttural voice and exhibiting aversions to anything sacred. Oh, damn. So once they brought that to the archbishop, then they got permission to do another exorcism that took place at the Alexian Brothers Hospital in St. Louis, Missouri. Now, before it began, another priest was called in to help. And apparently, once everything started again, marks and things started appearing, saying like evil and hell on the teenager's body and then disappearing. What the hell? And then during the litany of the saints portion of the exorcism, the boy's mattress started shaking and then the boy broke one of the priest's noses. What? Yeah. So he, he punched the priest in the face or he kicked him or a See, butt? and and that's the thing too is it didn't unfortunately say too much on how and that's where that story or at least the basis of it kind of just ends. It didn't explain if the the exorcism was successful if it wasn't. Um, and that's kind of one of the things that, you know, are terrible. I mean, it explains, it goes into kind of like a book that was written and then kind of saying, okay, well, this didn't happen, but this did, but there was never any of this. So it's kind of a, a controversial. What was the name of the, the kid? Roland Doe. I think actually I came across that when I was doing the research for mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he grew up to be like perfectly fine. Actually, I guess it did work, but the whole thing was like they just didn't release his name or any information about him. Yeah, the and family had like an anonymity, anonymity, anon, anonymity. <laughs> yes, anonymity, an uh-huh. anonymity clause. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's. Some of those things add up and kind of make sense. Other ones, it's like, 
did that happen? Did that not happen? But it's with exorcisms, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, there's some that you see and, you know, you'll watch a video for it and you're like, oh shit, that's fake. That, that can't be real. And then there's other ones that you'll watch and you'll hear something being spoken or you'll see a scratch appear and it's like, well, clearly no one's around it. They can't, they can't just sit there and do that themselves, especially when they're being restrained. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I'm so curious, like, cause 14 year olds, yeah, they have some strength, but would they have enough strength to break a nose? Cause I I don't know, man. I mean, it, it doesn't, I don't think it takes a lot of pounds of pressure yeah. to break a nose. Um, I know if it was like an arm or something, yeah, that would be a different story. But as a nose, it's, <laughs> it's kind of, fairly, it, yeah, you're right. I don't think it takes too much pressure just to fucking break a nose. So it actually is only. Well, as little as seven pounds of pressure will break. Oh yeah, no, never mind. I can see a teenage boy just ah. Um, but let me ask you a question: Do you think you would be able to be in this like a situation of an exorcism, like be in the presence of one? You know, I would. Uh, I would love to. If I had the chance, I would be all for it. I'd I'd be around it. I'd you know do whatever I could to help. I'd want to be in the room, see what's going on. Yeah. Like, Just, if we had the chance to do that as a paranormal thing, I'd be all fucking in. I would not. You could take the third member, but I would for sure not go to that. That's where I would draw the line. Like, I'm okay investigating, like, ghosts and, like, uh, other sightings and shit. But an actual, like, oh, yeah, it's a demon. I'm like, nope, I pass. Well, but I mean, we don't know if it is or not. The only way to know is to actually be there and see. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm for sure not going to be there for that, though. See what's real and what isn't. Um, Another thing is interesting just to kind of tie into this. Uh, a while back for your VR, you had downloaded the, what is it, Exorcist Legacies or something like that? Yes. And with that, you play... Uh, a retired cop investigating like supposedly like, exorcism shit. And I, I told you about the game just cause so you can like look it up and see the trailer house, like scary was, I wasn't expecting you to actually download the game and then make us play at night. Oh yeah. No. So listen to this podcast. And then if you have a VR, go get that game and play it. It is actually, pretty damn terrifying a lot of good jump scares it's yeah so really this good. this isn't sponsored by exorcist legacy this is just us saying that it's a great game it's terrifying uh it has like a lot of cool little levels you have to get through and play that and then decide if you want to go see a real exorcism yeah um but like i said this isn't sponsored by exorcist legacy but what it is sponsored by is uh Today's sponsor is actually, shameless plug, uh, Unrivaled Java. Uh, if you are in the Tucson area, go ahead and check them out. They are legitimately pound per, for pound the best cold brew coffee I have ever had. Uh, it's like crack, but legal. Exactly. Uh, I had uh, a couple of the things on their menu. Um, I'm, I don't think I'm at liberty to say it because they haven't launched. They're going to be launching this month. I mean, uh, 
in February. I know. But, it seems like this month is already over. Oh, I mean, my God. I think we're like on the last day of this month. I think we have one more day. Yep. But, uh, tomorrow. I'm so excited. They're launching in February. Uh, I'm for sure going to be there all the fucking time. But, uh, yeah, they're just a great out company. They've helped us so much with the podcast. Um, but I'm not just saying that because they've helped us. I'm saying it because they are legitimately one of the best coffee companies out there right now in the game. Uh, like I said, if you're in Tucson, you can check them out on Facebook for their locations. Uh, if you want to try ordering something early, I don't think they will do that. But uh, you can always get in contact for them for more information about where they're going to be every day. But uh, we, just a very special thank you from us to them. Uh, we thank appreciate you. you. So much. Uh, Unrivaled Java, <laughs> universally better. Now just be ready because uh, they're going to put Dutch Bros out of business and Starbucks. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, that was our podcast for today. That It feels so good to get back into, like, the fucking podcast game. Because, like I said, I've been out for, what, maybe, like, two, three months. And just yeah. coming back to this, like, having to do the research, coming back to, like, all of you guys. Uh, I know we have, like, listeners from, like, all around the world, and I apologize that I've been out for a while. Uh, I know my partner here has been holding it down. Can't stop, won't stop, baby, let the beat drop. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, like I said, I not only want to thank Unrivaled Java, I want to thank my partner. I want to thank all of you guys that are listening. Thank you so much. Uh, we can't do what we do if it wasn't for you. Yeah, I mean, you know. We love you guys. You guys make us what we are. So thank you for being supporters, listeners, fans, family. <laughs> Firmly. Uh, sorry, we've been watching the Fast and the Furious a lot. Um, but yeah, like I said, this was this week's episode. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be back for another episode next week. So thank you so much, everybody.